Welcome to the Media Cat Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Mike Pigger, editor at the magazine. And for today's pod, I'd uh, like to welcome Glenn Fisher. Uh, Glenn is an author, copywriter, and speaker. His book, The Art of the Click, was shortlisted for a Business Book of the Year award. He's also created a copywriting podcast, All Good Copy, and is co-founder of The Fix, a project by copywriters for copywriters. Uh, welcome, Glenn. Hello. Thank you for the uh, introduction. How was it? Did it was it accurate? It was, sort of... it was, yeah, no, it was, it was pretty much accurate. It was pretty much there. I I still I've got that natural uh, English Hugh Grant kind of grow up in the nineties, uh, early noughties that I just naturally am kind of like me who me these things people introducing me always makes me laugh but yeah i mean i stole i stole most of those lines off your website so you know (laughs) (laughs) i know i recognize a few you didn't say i was the world's greatest copywriter or something which i think i've got as a testimonial somewhere but uh, (laughs) (laughs) that will uh make its way into the world at some point but yeah no it's a pleasure to be here mike how's your year going we were talking off mic about you having computer issues but uh that aside how's how's the rest of the year from computer issues my year has been a very wonderful lovely one apart from computer issues throughout it basically and uh, really technical problems um but technical problems are not such a bad thing um it's been really interesting year um i've done quite a lot it's been a weird year for me in the sense that just from a personal point of view i've kind of uh, started a few businesses and kind of gone from being a so I went from being an in-house copywriter to being freelance copywriter about five years ago. And then this year has been a development from being a, a kind of freelance copywriter to being more of a kind of business kind of guy. So kind of going to those slightly, well, yes, bigger in scope of what you do. Obviously, as a freelancer, you you are essentially linked to your time. And, and I'm kind of transitioning to a place where I help other copywriters and and have other business interests so it's been an interesting weird like quite learning based year for me uh learning new things you sort of extended your brand then so to speak i guess that is one way of extended the core extended the core (laughs) i have extended my brand i have uh, i've doubled myself in the sense that i work with a a business partner on the fix uh the copywriter called nick o'connor uh and yeah we i've um so you mentioned about the All Good Copy podcast uh, that I launched. Probably, I did that, oh, I'm not great on chronology, but I did that um, maybe for, let's say, I started that about five years ago, and I ran that for about two years. And that was a big creative outlet for me at the time. I, I blended, I wanted to interview copywriters and, and do all that kind of thing, but I wanted to, I blended it with my own kind of creativity. I did a lot of parodies on um, on the advertising world um and what have you and spent a lot of creative energy on that and then after i think i did about 36 coming up to 40-ish episodes and then there was a combination of things that that stopped that it a i was trying to write a novel and i realized i could only kind of aside from work only like use my creativity to such an extent in and focus on one project i couldn't give all the copy the stuff I needed for it to be as good quality as I wanted it to be so I focused on the novel but at the same time I wanted to shift the podcast to be entirely in person um, which I chose to do just as Covid hit so it was just a kind of a big mangle of a mess that stopped that and I focused on writing my novel as my main creative outlet for a while um, aside from still writing copy in the kind of day job 
um, but then came back into it and rather than everything kind of aligned that that Nick was in a similar place so we put all of our efforts into this new project called The Fix which has that same element as, as what the podcast had we, we interview uh, copywriters um, and people involved in the industry uh, but we also have added a kind of level of um, <laughs> worst salesman ever for a copywriter but a, a level of ed, like educational stuff where we we're educating other copywriters sharing our experience and doing all that kind of stuff and that's out of that has grown all of these other things like fix fest which i'm sure we'll talk about and we have a, a, a membership group we have an academy uh, with copyright students and stuff like that and we're just launching boot camps next year um where people come in and spend some intensive time with us and stuff like that so so that's how that all grew, and that's how I've kind of shifted um, in my perception of just being a kind of lone gunman sat in his bedroom having technical issues trying to uh, piece together a podcast. Uh, now it's a slightly bigger operation. Yeah, it sounds like it's grown. I think I don't even I don't even think last time we spoke you'd uh, mentioned boot camps, so uh, I added boot camps to the mix. Um, so yes, maybe, we're maybe doing like a, sort of... a we're doing a financial copywriting focused one in March um which uh we've we've got a lot of connections with um big financial publishers that's where my background is uh both here in the uk and australia and in the us and so we're doing that because that's kind of our quote wheelhouse uh i've never nick always says wheelhouse i'm mocking for it but i've seemed to be using it now in my own thing but we we kind of know financial copywriting uh more so than we know other things certainly nick still works and exclusive them in that world i work in the branding world as well um but yeah so we're focusing on that first uh we've got a load of publishers from the us from australia uh coming over as kind of special guests but it's basically us in a room for a couple of days in london with uh wannabe copywriters uh who want to get into that industry into that niche will rather than just being a uh meet and greet we actually teach you we show you what's how it works break it down review copy and all this kind of stuff everything about the fix can be boiled down to the fact that it comes down to actually reviewing and working live on copy rather than just the the theory um around things what we try and do is is put some copy copy up on the screen um or in up in the room and say right how would you improve it how would you change this so rather than the kind of um philosophical things which i love talking about and the theory and what have you um and 10 ways to improve your headline and and all this kind of abstract thought we try and actually kind of put our money where our mouth is kind of thing and actually do what if exercises and suggest well what if it said this what if it did this how could we do that and then that we've found that that is one of the best ways to teach uh, other copywriters how to improve their skill set it is actually like how I was thinking when you said boot camp. I was like thinking, I was, you know, like a, I'm a copywriter, get me out of here, and you sort yep. of force force feed them bad copy, basically. <laughs> you can swallow essentially, it. Essentially, yeah. I mean, it. it's it's essentially what goes on. Uh, I mean, we'll try and force feed them like some animal um, testicles if we can, uh, depending on how far it goes. But uh, yeah, it's very much um, it, it's it's intensive, and um, it's it's a uh, we kind of. We've got a bit of a, 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 for want of a better word, bantery kind of like alter egos where we joke and laugh and all this kind of stuff. I'm certainly the, the kind of um, silly comedy man on that in that 
respect but when we get down to it especially and especially on the boot camp side of things um it's serious we expect people to kind of roll the sleeves up and really get get working on it and um certainly with the boot camp our intention uh, is to get people uh, full-time gigs in the financial pu- uh, publishing industry so and we have a reputation ourselves to uphold with the publishers that we still work with today um, we don't want to um, bring them people that we don't think are good enough kind of thing so it's it's an intense thing it's when we get a bit more serious and a bit more uh, full metal jacket on it but um but yeah, but it's still fun as well. I mean, I'm involved, so it's it's going to be slightly silly and random. No, it makes sense. You know, uh, so so far we've managed to uh, touch on uh, animal testicles and full metal jacket. So um, I think we're doing really well. And yeah, um, I mean, that's the the scope. That's the spectrum. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's probably how our brains work, isn't it? When you know people that are involved with words, we like to pick out interesting words from time to time. Um, I want to ask you about FixFest. You mentioned it um, once or twice. Um, yep. It happened not that long ago. Um, how did this year's go? Was this year's the second one? And how, no, this how was, was the inaugural. Is that the, the right word? One. Yeah. You did what, um, You did something before, though, didn't you? A year ago? Or I, I've done. I've done a few like live bits and pieces. Um, but no, this the one FixFest. When was it? Was it October? It's October. It's going to be October this year. <laughs> I think I, so. I, I mean, I'm, I'm lost in time. But yeah, it was. Yeah. It was uh, towards the end of this year. Uh, it's first one ever. Uh, it's ended up being about 200 copywriters uh, in a crypt under a church in Clerkenwell. Uh, we had 13 uh, guest speakers from all over the world. We had the likes of... Uh, so the other side of the fix that I've not kind of mentioned is, and, and it goes to my background, is I spent a long time, a decade or so, in direct response copywriting um doing long copy and all that kind of stuff uh but then i branched out and went into the world of brands and above the line whatever people want to define this stuff and and would write slogans and billboards and stuff like that so i've tried as much as possible to bring those worlds together because i realized that there's stuff on the direct response side that um people are doing very well but there are also things that people ignore and the same on the brand side where people have their own rules and systems but they ignore the stuff on the direct response side um so i was interested in blending those together and fix this turned out into be a very kind of physical representation of that so we had giants from the direct response world people like mark ford who who uh, is an enormously successful businessman in america who built his entire career on um direct response uh, marketing um but then on the other side of it we had people like james cross the uh head of meanwhile now co-founder or whatever the title is at bbc creative uh steve harrington um rainy robinson um so we had a big blend of people um and then they were the speakers we me and nick did a load of uh nonsense between uh we we wanted to make it more than just a conference like a kind of boring um how to at the top of the stage kind of thing so all of the talks were very much different we had merch we had um stand-up poetry we had uh, a gospel choir open the day it seemed appropriate it was underneath the church so we uh, we had a gospel choir uh, and it was generally a, a brilliant 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 day i can't describe how wonderful it was uh, and that's mainly thanks to the people who was there it sounds very trite um but it was just a wonderful it was like consider i mean i've met most of the copywriters these days because i try and like do a lot of social events but but yeah it was just a joyous kind of 
thing to see so many copywriters a going oh i didn't realize you did that that was there that, that's how that worked all oh, that's i'm i'm like that and what have you so it's just a lovely thing we did a pub crawl afterwards which we expected to be like a couple of people um kind of following us around but at one point we just had like a hundred or so copywriters navigating their way through clerkenwell which was a probably a health and safety issue but um but it was wonderful to see um so we are going again this next year uh depending on when this goes out but in 2024 we will i think it's october the third uh we will be going for round two um and we have even bigger and better things planned which haunts me and frightens me because it nearly did break us trying to organize it but uh but it was worth it in the end it's just is there just two of you that's organizing this then it sounds like a lot of um, Yes, so it's me and Nick um, are the main thing, but it would be a miss of me to this. We've got other people behind the scenes helping us, um, uh, kind of old friends from from business. We've probably got a core team of about three, three people, three or four people now, like that help organise that stuff. Me and Nick are copywriters, and therefore most copywriters will recognise their inability to be a serious and b organ like organize themselves so we have people with those strengths um helping us as well uh, but it's still a very it's a very small team it's it, it without blowing my own trumpet i, I it, it's preposterous what we've been able to pull off with such a small team with such like low funding if you like and, and what have you but it's part of it kind of all goes back to our copywriting kind of mantra, which is like good copy should should delight the reader and like bring them kind of unexpected pleasures. Uh, so we kind of try and do that with everything we do and, and kind of push the boat out and trust that if we do that, then everything will pay back uh, well in the end. So, yeah, so we kind of pushed ourselves with, We've hopefully learned stuff this time, so it won't be as um, slapdash in the sense of like me having like banners delivered to my house two days before, and then me climbing on the the side of a church trying to like uh, cable tie banners to things and blowing balloons upon the day. Um, we we will be slightly more organised uh, and have a better clicker. That was one of the most annoying things of the day, but. Yeah, you'd be you'd be surprised. Like very well organized uh, uh, companies that run events, um, you know, the, the stuff like that will happen all the time as well. Yeah. And you'd be trying to find some spare batteries or a thing. Like your event ha hangs on the need to find some string or something like that. It's ridiculous. is going to fall down. The um, ghost of Dick Cheney, I think, was who was that the guy who was like the known unknowns and unknown knowns and all this kind of stuff. It was that element. Was I, I'd done so much prep. My my partner Ruth was like why is this all in the house like why have you got these badges and stickers and what have you and, and she went, you must have everything covered and i went i don't know what it is that i won't have covered and that's what's so frustrating there'll be something on the day uh but no it, it, it went relatively smoothly um how we didn't have heart attacks i don't know but um but yeah it's good was there anything, I know it must have been hard because you were the organiser, but was there, was there anything that you learned um, personally from this year's event or a speaker that surprised you that, you know, they did something? I mean, admittedly, you probably saw what their presentation was ahead of time, but, you know, sort yeah, of well, people that surprised I, you with, with what they talked about and the things you learned from that. Yeah, I mean, I did. I was, I, I, 
like to consider that I'm learning all the time. Um, the uh, there was so much good stuff that came out. The one, the two that um, stuck in my mind. Uh, one was um, Natalie Moore's, who I've just met many years ago. Um, Nat and Jess run a, a marketing agency called Mac and Moore, and I just got on with them years ago. And you know, you, when you just like meet people on the internet, and then you kind of like, oh hi, and then you meet in real life, and you're like, hey, you're nice, and you get it immediately, kind of thing. Completely different kind of worlds and backgrounds, but I, I've always liked her um, character and the way she approaches things. And I emailed just saying, oh, just we're doing something weird. I get involved and she was like yes and then she she i wanted she does poetry as well and i wanted to to blend that into the what she did and she really took that kind of the creative side of the brief um on and it worked really well at one point she had like 10 or 12 copywriters on stage each writing a line of poetry about fix fest and what have you but also managed to blend that into how uh, you saw poetry being enacted in uh, modern advertising and stuff like that. So that was a really nice talk and her energy and and what have you. I think she probably was like, oh, God, there's all these huge, big names speaking. And though she should be considered among them, she probably doesn't. But it was nice to see her kind of smash it and really, like, own the stage and do that. So that was really good. And then... Um, a copywriter from so she I'd probably say Nat's from the kind of agency side branding world and then a copywriter from the uh, or rather the indirect world and then the, the direct world a uh, chap called Kane Smith uh, who does some work with us generally uh, but he I hope he don't mind me saying this if he's listening but he sent his uh, talking to us and was like dude like you, you're gonna die if you do that talk like it's not it's not right it's kind of you you it wasn't that it wasn't right it's just that it were it i think it was the first time he'd probably done a talk like that in public and he'd overloaded it um which is what i find that most people do anyway we gave him some advice some things and just didn't say you've got to do x you can do whatever you want but gave him some advice he went away and then the talk that he gave was absolutely phenomenal. And it was like, it was just watching a, a guy who knows his, knows his skills, knows, knows where he sits in the market, uh, really thinks deeply about copy. Uh, and he really enunciated uh, some, or he kind of, uh, he expressed some quite abstract ideas about where a lot of, especially freelance copywriters uh, when you go through all the gump on LinkedIn and it's all kind of nonsense about specializing this or niching down on this and all this kind of stuff. He spoke very well about um, copywriting as a skill, um, which I thought was great. And, uh, and, uh, and it was, it was just great to see his speech where I'd be like, oh God, like, are you going to make it alive? He abs again, he absolutely um, performed really, really well. And I think he probably made a lot of, um, new followers on that day because it was really good so that those two were good for me because it had that full creative side and i saw how you can be so creative but also you can be so practical as well um which was really good and then and i, I do it sticks in my mind mark ford who was one of my mentors originally he flew, flew over from america very kindly to uh be one of the keynotes but he was on a 
he was talking about um the th- the three pleasures in life a kind of uh learning sharing and like learning teaching yourself stuff like doing stuff and, and actually doing something you love and then sharing that skill which is very trite um but it's kind of true and you realize as you get older that the most trite kind of stuff is uh the most useful and insightful but, uh, so th- those that's what sticks in my mind but there, there was a lot more uh, i've not even mentioned like lee davis who does the design for us he did a talk which is fantastic um yeah there was there was stuff annabelle ford and um kelly brown um two american copywriters did fantastic talks yeah it was very good yeah i mean it it sounds like i mean would you say it's fair to say that i don't know it kind of feels like it's a sort of a professional community somewhere between that and and some sort of professional development i don't know cohort or something like what your sort of what you're running is what you what you're the head of is yeah i've got a this is me i'm I'm in danger you'll have to hold me back um from over philosophizing but i've got a personal view and it is a personal view it's just me uh glenn fisher i think there's a problem in copywriting um has been marginalized uh in the advertising industry i think copywriters and the definition of what a copywriter is um has been so kind of watered down and uh, divided into so many different kind of spurious elements some you write content or no i'm a brand copywriter or i'm this copywriter and all this kind of stuff and i think it's been kind of hijacked by various other elements of the industry and it's left and naturally writers tend to be quite insecure introverted people anyway so that has doubled how bad it is that you've got this kind of cohort as you say of people wandering around a little bit shy a little bit worried a little bit kind of left to just do the words in quotation marks at the end of a thing um or just provide some content or just oh we need this for that kind of ad that goes out and that that element i I, i've not been able to kind of provide any proof or evidence it's out there um but i think that is a massive massive failing of business generally in and the advertising world on both sides um for, on, on direct response and indirect in branding and in uh the world i'm more familiar with and the the reason it's such a failing that a copywriter will just do the words at the end is because copywriting is really about ideas and if you're not involving the writer in the earlier stages in the in the stages of strategy in in design in um the the business as a whole and allowing your copywriter to speak to the customer service team and find out what your customers talking about what are the what's the language they use what are the ideas and what are the emotions they feel and what what annoys them if you're not allowing your copywriter to get involved at that early stage and be as creative as they can be um you you're kind of stunting the ability for your copy to um, be as good as it can be um so that's my long way around of, of i rather than trying to empower the or tell the businesses off and say you need to do this i'm trying to kind of empower copywriters and get them to see their true power oh, it sounds a bit um silly but 
their true role and their true um the true impact they can have and, and what they're really about I, I do a thing one of the things we do is the fix we go around the country and do social nights social events and we meet invite copywriters to come and spend time with us and chat and nine times out of ten every single one i'll have a not an argument but a debate uh, with someone who calls themselves maybe they'll go oh i'm not a copywriter like you i i'm i just do content i just do blogs and case studies and all this kind of stuff well i go well what's the aim of uh, that blog it's like oh to to convince this person to read more about the brand and all this stuff and and persuade them to eventually buy this and i go so you don't think that's copywriting that is all part of the sales process you are involved in that you can as much call yourself a copywriter as as the person who does the fancy cool advert that gets the vote on Khan lions or whatever kind of thing but it's this divisive nature of where everybody is i, I think that that's why so often you'll see stuff um debates about creativity being stunted these days um and what have you because we're just not allowing copywriters to be the um creative forces they can be so i'm i'm trying in my very small way very half-assed way um to empower copywriters and get them to realize no we can make a diff we literally like are the ones who are dealing with the communication with the actual words so we we can kind of change things if we want to yeah i mean you, you mentioned you mentioned can line and obviously they they introduced a, a a new category of humor coming up and um i was reading a a, a drum article from 2021 um that uh, i was reading it the other day but it was from 2021 and it said uh, long copy is back um i don't know if it likes to come back every few years or so whatever it's a bit like um the 2000s fashions are back or something um, yeah but uh so long copy and humor and uh humor involves writers you have to write jokes you have to write a script you have to write a punchline and timing and stuff you have to write that stuff it doesn't just appear how do you feel the state of the i mean you sort of mentioned it already but how do you feel the state of the copywriting industry is um and maybe looking ahead you know do, do things like i don't know long copy and humor give you hope or do you just roll your eyes uh i, I do tend to roll my i have to be careful i am getting a bit older and longer and, <laughs> but, um but no there's there's two things so let's divide it into the uh first of all just on humor uh, humor can sell uh, the reason humor sells is that it's emotions like we sell on emotions uh and whatever emotion typically we go for fear and greed and love and power and and all that kind of stuff but um if i if you can make your reader laugh or what make you you're halfway there to engaging with them on an emotional level so humor can work uh, it can't work in every situation and, and you don't always want humor there kind of thing um i don't know if i want my accountant to be funny i i want them to like do my accounts correctly um and make sure i don't get arrested or something but the humor can work in in the same way any other emotion can work um so i whenever i see these debates i'm a bit like yeah okay someone someone in the content offices has got bored and, and not creative and they're trying to like oh we'll do this new category oh yeah whatever then that kind of picks up into what I'd probably say about the element of long copy being back and all this kind of stuff. I'm almost guarantee that when Cam Lyons talk about long copy being back, they probably mean they refer to like an uncommon advert that has more than a hundred words on a poster. And it's to me, 
that is not long copy that is not what i talk about when i talk about long copy long copy is um a 5000 word sales letter um that is mailed to someone or a a, a, a one hour sales video um that has a host that talks uh, uh, the audience through a sales argument um and asks them to purchase something at the end what i would say there is that actually evidences to some extent how how flirty do i want to be i'll be flirty why not i am getting older in my life i would say it shows the arrogance of the advertising industry and the likes of can lions and all of these kind of things that they have so little awareness of um the long copy direct response world that was hailed uh, by the likes of david ogilvy and the names that they would probably um like to associate with um david ogilvy famous said that he wouldn't employ anyone in his agency unless they'd spent 2 years in direct response marketing the reason for that is because direct response marketing and and long copy in those terms um is measurable uh, you can see what you've sold and therefore you can change the copy and see does this copy work better than that copy um the fact that they don't acknowledge that the fact that there is unsexy adverts going out there making millions and millions of pounds for businesses in all areas and industries but it will never be i and Bear in mind, I understand because I mean, no one wants to like present that like a big long sales letter at a uh, fancy Parisian um, night where everybody's dressed up in uh, fancy things. It's much easier to hail the latest TikTok star doing a parody of like what it's like to live in an agency kind of thing. That stuff will not get talked about because it's hard. It's dead hard, and it's not. It's about selling. It's about the deeper stuff. Um, I do not believe it is any better. I believe stuff makes like in the branding world is re- very good, and some of those adverts are exciting, and they change our lives, and we remember them. And everybody now talks about a John Lewis advert. Like what? I mean, what's going on? It's 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 insane that that can have an effect. I'm really interested in that, um, but I do think there is a certain it's a certain shame that I wonder how many people in those industries are really interested about what's actually selling and working rather than just what is in like a bit fun and a bit frivolous to talk about. So, yeah, so that's my grumpy. I'm very aware of that grumpy and thing. I am there uh, and probably bitter and probably like, I want to be invited to these things, but it just, it's not how it works. Um, but I think that kind of evidence is where there's a huge um, missed opportunity. I think I saw like Rory Sutherland recently in some clips saying about how kind of marketers have figured out a good way to monetize marketing, whereas copywriters haven't figured out to monetize copy or something along those lines. And I, I kind of understand that um, to some extent, but yeah, I just I think there's a massive missed opportunity. We we, we spend too much time looking for uh, quick fixes when actually um, everything we already need to know was probably written about in 1920 by some like 
boring old advertising man um but we just don't have the discipline to actually follow that kind of stuff but that's a very long and rambly answer uh which probably evidences my uh addiction to long copy but uh but yeah. uh, it's okay i mean it sounded like boss level copy you know sort of five thousand word essays but um i know we're actually almost out of time so i i got a couple of questions i want to see if i can cram in for with yep. uh i don't know how okay. easy they are to cram okay, in, short but... copy i'll go into branding mode and just there you go tick tock mode um, yeah three three, so... <laughs> three headlines. well i just i wanted to ask you briefly about uh songwriting because i've seen a couple of ads uh in recent times i don't know if you've seen the the yorkshire teas pack your bags song for example, um, if not, I'll uh, send you a link. But it's it's a whole song, um, you know, verses, courses, etc. It's like three minutes long, and I wonder how much in, in your career have you got involved in in that sort of thing? I mean, do, do copywriters write songs for brands? Like, uh, I mean, that was probably a thing back in the day. I don't know, a long time ago, maybe. But um, and you're obviously, I'm not saying you're that old. Yeah, but, no, um, um, I've uh, you know. well, I, I'm I've got a musical background. I, I play um bass in bands for and toured the country for many years and so i have a very musical approach to the way i craft copy but that your question is probably um more about is that the, the fact that does well does that work um is that what copyrights do i i believe a copywriter can lend their um skill set to almost any form of um expression um have i written a song for cop well i've written jingles for for the old podcast um i i once wrote a, a parody of a street song uh, about seo and uh something to do with simon sinek i can't remember what that was uh thing so i and they are remembered and so i understand i think the idea of writing jingles and stuff um i mean that again it's not new uh, that people write songs to persuade people to take action uh, because that's if you get a, a, a nice ditty in your head and you remember it and when you're in the shop and you think right which product shall i buy today you remember that ditty and you buy that one uh, it, it's a hopefully leans you towards that i think it probably the lyrics the, the actual words the copywriter would be worth involving but it goes back to my the other side, which perhaps I was unfair in saying, is that copywriters should be involved in those early stages of, of creation, um, but also they they can't do it in isolation. Um, the best work is always done when you've got a copywriter, a designer. In this case, you'd probably need someone who has musical knowledge and knows how to piece together a song. Um, so I think so long as you've got all of those people working together, ultimately focusing on the two important things which is the product you're selling and the person you're selling it to so long as you keep them at either side of the kind of spectrum uh, and you put the right team of people in the middle of it uh, anything can work um, and i think any any group of creative people whether your particular skill is copy or, or music or design or what have you uh, can put together a, a decent jingle that makes sense. Um, my final question, I'm, I'm sort of uh, reluctant to ask it because it's a big question, but um, maybe we can sort of do it in a, in a snappy way. Yeah. Um, we'll see. <laughs> but, um, I just w wondered, um, how worried are you about uh, the, whole, the whole sort of uh, AI coming for, for, for copywriters? Or is that sort of on a very basic level? And actually, it's, it's a very easy argument to say, if you want the human touch, you need to employ a human. And if you want basic copy, yeah, you can probably use AI for it. Is, is yeah, that so what you I tend can to say? That that is the one i can answer in a very pithy way i'm not okay worried. okay not fair enough good good i couldn't <laughs> give a two hoots about it 
Uh, it's an absolute uh, misnomer. Um, it will be a technology that's used in the same way as uh, Word is used or Google Docs. I, I still use Word. I don't. Most people use Google Docs because it's probably easier and better and quicker. I'm just an old fashioned. It's just a tool. Uh, some more clever copywriters might start using it to emulate stuff. The business owner who chooses to exclusively use that to create their copy will very quickly get into a bad place. Um, it, it will, like everything, you just it will adapt. That's what happens in life. That's why we. it's worth listening to history podcasts and reading philosophy because... All of this stuff has been done before. We we things move forward and change. Um, I think the AI thing is more a concern of LinkedIn people needing something to talk about. Um, I don't I don't see it as a problem, um, and certainly not worry. Aside from the same way you worry about any new silly consultant that comes in and goes, let's try this shiny thing exclusively as our solution to our problems that's not the shiny thing that's the problem it's the person recommending it is the problem yeah i, I suppose it makes sense and, and, and marketers uh, the marketing industry does tend to like fixate on a thing every year or two that's a, a new oh, shiny totally. thing so and totally. um whether they're worrying about it or they want to see if they can use it in some way um it tends to be a form of technology it seems but um i mean we will be exploring that as a magazine because we have to but um oh, I, no, I, know, I, a, be, I think it's, it's fair to explore it but i think my point being is that it's not a it's not a thing to fear it's a thing to understand to take the advantages of no one's advertising on myspace at the moment like that's that's dead but i'm sure at one point everybody would have been trying to advertise on myspace we now move to facebook to instagram to these things the platforms all kind of tend to change and what have you and the way we use uh, technology will change and evolve through time um ai will be used in some way um, it will be used by copywriters. It will be used by advertisers. Um, our privacy policy on our homepage is written by AI because I can't be asked to write a privacy policy kind of thing. So things can be, efficiencies can be found, uh, but will it stop the need for creative people? I think I think that's a that's a nice ray of hope on on which to to wrap up. I think you know there's always going to be a need uh, for uh, creative uh, writers um, in in the industry, and also we look forward to all the things going on with Fixed Facts Fest next year. Buy the merch, all that sort of stuff. Well, we gave it away for free. Oh, okay, no merch. Forget the merch. But we uh, <laughs> we will we will um, maybe we'll, that will be one of the things we learn this year to try and recoup some expenses by selling the uh, beautiful t-shirts and caps and stickers but no we probably won't knowing us uh, we want to do robes and we also if anybody out there listening uh, runs a craft beer um, business we do want to do a craft beer a fix uh, beer as well so get in touch um, nice before i come to find you that sounds cool. That <laughs> sounds like a threat now, but yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Oh, well, I just want to say thank you so much for uh, coming on the Media Cat Magazine podcast. We've no had a great discussion. Thanks, Thanks for having me, Mike. Good talk to you, mate.